Welcome to Psychology Has It Backwards. This series will question the assumption that people are psychologically broken and need to be fixed. We will talk about how seeing people as innately healthy will change all of your interactions and outcomes. This is a true paradigm shift, and it simplifies the entire process of dealing with mental distress and allows for more profound and immediate changes. Hi, and welcome to Psychology Has It Backwards. I'm Judy Sedgman, and I'm here with my very dear friend and colleague and co-conspirator in this podcast series, Christine Heath. Aloha. And Christine's in Hawaii, and I'm in Florida. It's our pleasure to bring you these podcasts and also the program that goes with it. So today we're going to talk about the nature of spirituality in terms of how we talk about it with the principles. And we're actually going back to the the origins of psychology. In in the history of psychology, if you look at it, it started as the study of of spirit, the study of spirit, psychology. The logic of the psyche became psychological. And in, at the turn of the 20th century, uh, there were a group of uh, philosophers and doctors at Harvard Medical School that began thinking about uh, the study of the human spirit. And they, they really believed that this, the field of psychology that met at mind disorder was the beginning of talking about mind-body medicine, which got lost after there, there came to be a certain disagreement within the field and people thought, well, medicine is the field in which the study of the mind and the brain go. And uh, they saw no difference actually between the mind and the brain and the spirit is the, is the province of religion. And we shouldn't be talking about the spirit. It's not a scientific or intellectual pursuit. And so what emerged during, and during the course of the 20th century as psychology evolved was getting farther and farther away from the idea that there was any spiritual uh, component to the way human beings acted and felt. That that was strictly a mechanical, biological function, and that the spirit had to do with people's religion and their religious beliefs. But actually, that was never the origin of psychology. That's just how it came to be when, when the scientific method took over the field and behaviorism became the important focus of it. So when we when we talk about the principles, we're really going back to the origins, back to you know that original idea that the mind and the spirit are really what counts. That that's that's the essence of our humanity. So when we're talking about finding this, looking to spirituality, looking within, finding your spirit, finding, getting back in touch with that deeper formless energy that we're, we're all part of. That's what we're really talking about. Spirit, the breath of life, the energy behind all things, the thing that enlivens everything living. And, uh, and to us in the principles, although still absent in a, a large part of the field of psychology, um, the spiritual component is the point. In other words, without that energy, there'd be nothing. That before we create the forms of our life, which are the thoughts and behaviors and the things that we do and what we see and touch and so on, before we get into those forms, those forms are created because we have access as living beings 
to the energy of life by which we create within our own minds whatever we see to create. And we create our own thoughts and our own ideas. And that's a spiritual fact. It's not a, it's not, you can't touch it, feel it, measure it. It's a spiritual fact. And interestingly uh, enough, when uh, I I went to a conference one time in Washington, D.C. some time ago, that was about psychology and spirituality. And I thought, oh, that'd be interesting. I'll see what they all say. And all of the speakers were religious leaders. And it was a very interesting thing because they were really kind of trying to say, well, we're missing the character component. They were kind of talking about goodness and mercy and, you know, all these beautiful qualities that people have, but not talking about the essence, what's behind them, the, you know, the sort of the, the force, you know, the energy, the spirit, whatever you want to call it, um, that enlivens life itself. So they were talking about, you know, the, the, when they talk about bringing spirituality back into psychology, the, the focus of the whole conference was on having making people better people, you know, bringing out their better nature. And there's nothing wrong with that. It just isn't what we do. So, uh, and it isn't really, uh, it's not getting at the, at the essence of the problem. You know, when, when something goes wrong with somebody, it's not because people are intrinsically bad or some people are born evil or anything like that. It's because their thinking went astray and they didn't realize it because they didn't know that they were the thinkers, that the the power that we have as human beings to change is in us. It's not, it's not a pressure from the outside and that power is our spiritual power to think. That's kind of, uh, it's kind of cracks me up how we do these podcasts because last week, we were talking about how people change by touching that feeling. And we, 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 when we came up with the topic for today, it's really kind of the next, it's part two of uh, the last podcast. Because when, what, one of the things that we focus on in, in this work is helping people to wake, it, wake up to the fact that that spiritual essence is really who they are. And once you see that, you're, you see that you're connected to all people, which makes things look really ridiculous that you've been spending time trying to figure out why you're different. And, and it is the power of touching that or seeing that feeling state before thought that really is where major shifts happen in people, where all of a sudden they, they wake up and they see they see that they're not their thoughts. They see that they're not their past life. They see that they're not their um, uh, conditions. They see beyond that. And what that means is that they're seeing from that space where there's no personal contamination, right? So it, that's really, um, it, I mean, that's why we all talk about the feeling. It's in the feeling. It's in the feeling. Because once you get in your head, even about spiritual things, you lose the feeling, right? So like you can, I mean, you can listen to people, I mean, the spiritual in in the world, I know there's a whole spiritual psychology that they teach in some colleges. And it's so intellectual because you start to study what people think about the spirit, what people think about religion. Because to me, religion is just like every religion is kind of what 
and this may be a little heretical, so those of you that are religious, take it with a grain of salt, but it's kind of what people think about God and what God wants, and and it's their best shot at trying to uh, share that feeling of um, love, and then as our nature, our thinking nature is, is that we make up rules about it. And so everybody's got their own ideas and everybody's got their own thoughts. And, and the religion is frequently uh, a reflection of the level of consciousness of the people that are that thinking. Yeah. 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 So, you know, it's like even in, within Christianity, there's all kinds of different sects within um, the Muslim religion. There's all kinds of different sects. I mean, it's not, it's not like this isn't, uh, individual to any religion, but people then think that when people are talking about something spiritual, I know I did when I first did spiritual, I don't do spiritual. Uh, but what I, what I did is I, um, actually before that, I knew that there was something missing spiritually, but when I started to hear it talked about as spiritual, I got, I got nervous about that. Cause I thought, wow, is this a religious thing? Well, before I learned the principles, I thought, you know, there was something missing in psychology, and it seemed to me that what was missing was spiritual. So my best shot at that was to go study with a psychic. So I um, uh, studied with her, did try to do, you know, um, astro traveling, and I, I was still in the room, and I opened my eyes and looked at everybody else, and they were still in the room with me, and I thought, oh, wow. And then they came back with these great stories of how they – were flying around the, the city and going up to North Minneapolis. And I was like, well, you were all right here in this room, by the way. And, yeah. <laughs> you know, it was, but it was just funny. So people will do spiritual things with a quotation amount, um, around them that can vary from some pretty bizarre um, things that, you know, looking at crystals or doing things like that, then that's all considered spiritual. So I know why people get a little freaked out when they hear the word spiritual. What we're talking about is, is just that formless energy that creates all things that you study in physics. So it's, it's, it's like, you know, I remember my physics teacher saying that everything needs to be um, all energy, all form is energy slowed down. And I was like, Oh, Okay, I get that. And then, and I thought, oh, that's just the way it is for everything. Like everything is energy slowed down and we're all a part of that energy or we wouldn't have this form that we're looking at. So it's like, we're, we kind of know that there's this formless energy, this spiritual nature, and then we lurk around in, in the formed world looking for it, which cracks me up. Yeah. I used to do uh, meetings with the uh, hospital chaplains when I was at West Virginia University School of Medicine and um, to talk about the principles. So it, the hospital chaplaincy is always ecumenical. They have m many different religions represented in the chaplains group because they want to serve all the people that come to the hospital. And so um, when I was meeting with them, they were like, well, you know, what is your, they started out by saying, well, what is your uh, theory? You know, they want to know, like, what was this Sydney Banks religion thing? Well, what, what, what did we believe? You know, mm -hmm. I remember saying, you know, here's, here's, I'm not going to talk about what we believe. I'm going to talk about what we see. 
uh, as, as an important spiritual fact about life. And, and what that is to me is that every religion on the planet, every spiritual practice on the planet is an expression of a natural human desire to show reverence and gratitude for that which they don't understand. So reverence is, an, is, a, is, a, is a deep feeling that people have when they, you know, like people are always saying, well, I, I was at this incredibly beautiful place with the sunset. It was just amazing. And I had this, was filled with this beautiful feeling. Well, that's reverence. That's just, you know, like, oh, wow, I can't believe I get to live in this planet, you know, and see these things and how beautiful the universe is and how tiny we are. And when we have those feelings, we know deep down that, that it's before us, that we, it's sort of like trying to remember the womb after you're born. You know? <laughs> and that, that desire to express reverence takes form in the human mind as beliefs. So I believe there's a creator. I believe that he's, you know, a, a, this kind of figure or that kind of figure, or he's a she or whatever. Those are just the forms that we, wrap around this beautiful feeling that we had so that we can talk about it. And then religions, you know, become like every other human endeavor. There's a belief system and then the people get attached to their beliefs and then people feel they can't change their beliefs and people argue about beliefs, and becomes, you know, like, you know, like two oil companies or something is there are separate cultures, but actually the, the feeling and I, and I used to say uh, to the chaplains, you know, if you took a bunch of little children from many different faiths and many different parts of the world, you know, and say elementary school age children, and you put them in a room and you said, okay, can you talk about God? What does God, whatever you're feeling about God or the creator or the source of life, what is that? I would bet you, because I've tried it with kids, that they would come very quickly to the word love, that that beautiful feeling of love and safety, you know, and that loving, impersonal love. But if you ask them each to draw a picture of God, you would see all kinds of different shapes and forms because everybody's God would look different. And so that's the point is that the, the picture of God is what we do to form a thought that we can share and express. The feeling is the source. Without the feeling, you wouldn't know how to draw the picture. You wouldn't care if you drew the picture. You wouldn't have the thought. And so spirituality to me is that beautiful feeling that we come into life with of just awe. And you can see it in little babies' faces, you know, little newborns. When they see something, they suddenly, you know, they recognize it. And their little face just lights up, you know, because, oh, I, I get it. You know, so what they're doing is they're creating a form in their own mind. Like I remember, I've seen that before. Now I know it, it keeps coming back. It's, and then somebody says, it's mommy, you know, and they go, oh, that's mommy. You know, but they, before it was mommy, they felt the love. They felt the, they knew the difference between something that was upsetting or frightening to them and something that was soothing and loving. So that love is the, love is this, is the, is the, fundamental feeling of spirituality. You know, it's interesting as you're talking, I'm reminded of a um, time when I was, I think I was a junior in high school or maybe I was a senior, I forget. Anyway, I was in high school and I was um, in, able to go to our national church convention. 
I was a Minnesota Lutheran, so it was one of the 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 liberal side of the Lutheran Church, um, and and it was in Omaha, Nebraska, and I I still remember being in this room socializing with people, and I recognized that I was in a really beautiful feeling, and that's probably the first time that I really recognized that and. I decided that I was going to be a deaconess because you couldn't be a minister if you were a woman. But then I found out you couldn't even be a deacon in our church if you were female. Um, but I was so drawn to that feeling that I thought, wow, that this is really what I want to do. So, you know, I just, and I remember it distinctly thinking, wow, the feeling here is unbelievable. I want this. And then I went home and I, got involved with the church politics and was on the board for the church board and, you know, doing all these things. And which I've got to laugh at now when I think about it, it's pretty good for a high schooler, but, um, you know, it, 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 the feeling wasn't there. You know, it was just like, it, it wasn't there. People were talking about it. Um, people were um, pointing to it. I mean, I'm still Facebook friends with my minister um, one of my ministers who was the most loving, gregarious, had the most beautiful feeling. And the other minister was the fire and brimstone kind of yelled at people because they weren't doing things right. And um, was a whole different thing. So I thought I got discouraged by that because I could see it in a few people, but it made it what I did in my head is I made it be about that convention. I made it be about the church. And then as I got into my head about it, right, I lost feeling because no one said, oh, Chris, that feeling is, that's what you're looking for, and that's in you. And that's what the principles bring, is that instead of making it be about uh, a God that's out there, we are focusing on what's inside of us that comes from what I would call God anyway. Like, I'm a part of God. I think Sid said, God, I am, but I am not God. So we're all a part of that, but it's bigger than any of us. And I think when you touch that space, in you, that's what you see, is that you're, you're an entity, but you're part of something much bigger. And the word we use is love for that, because that's the best feeling that we know. But there's really not... It's like love comes in different flavors, right? Not just just as vanilla. It's all kinds of beautiful experiences. You're, you know, so touched by a, a vision that you have to pull your car over and, and look at it because it's such a magical moment in life. And seeing that that's really a space we could live in more of the time, all of the time. I theoretically, I don't know how to do that, but you know, theoretically. That's really what we are. And as we evolve, we're going to see how to spend more time in that feeling and not blame it on what we think the feeling comes from. Because that's how the illusion of thought works, isn't it? It's like it just makes it seem like it was the church convention. And there was a part of me that knew there was something deeper there, but I just didn't hear anything about that. And then I got lost in my thought again and, and moved away from it until... I met Roger Mills and that was the next time I had that feeling, you know, so it, it, it's like, that's what we see in people is that when they wake up to that 
and see that the feeling is coming from them, from within them. Like they're not doing anything to do that. Sometimes people hear that and they think, oh, I got to be thinking positive thoughts so I feel good. No, it's, it's, it's your ability to even have thought because thought is just part of the energy as well. It's a spiritual thing. Now, psychology never talks about thought being spiritual. I think one of the most important things for me in terms of really appreciating the principles, you know, that I can remember a moment in time when I recognized that, you know, Sid always talks about the principles as gifts. That we have three gifts, mind, consciousness, and thought. And I didn't, the word gifts didn't register with me in any particular way, but I remember early on in my journey of trying to understand this, I, I, I came one day to the realization that, you know, if I'm making all this stuff up, if I'm creating my experience and I don't like my experience, and I don't have to blame anybody or anything. I don't have to blame my business or my car needs repair or that, you know, something's gone wrong here or there or this, this or that person insulted me. I just have to look inside to see where that came from. It came from me. And if I've got the power to be this miserable, why couldn't I use that power to be happy? I mean, it just, it hit me. The power was the point. And that was so exciting. I remember getting so excited about that. I was walking to my car in the parking lot and all of a sudden I started dancing around the parking lot. I was just so excited to get that realization and I and I felt free for the first time since I was a child. I felt totally free. Like I am free to create whatever I really want to create. And sometimes I'm probably going to create, accidentally create some bad stuff, but I can fix it because it's all coming from me. It's that beautiful energy we have. It is a gift. I remember saying that out loud. It is a gift. Oh my God, it is a gift. And it's really thrilling. And so that's what we're hoping for with our clients, that they feel that power and that beauty within them. What a beautiful place to end our podcast. Yeah. (laughs) Find that feeling. Yeah. Have a great week. Yeah. And don't forget, if you'd like to join us for our program, just uh, check it out online on psychologyhasitbackwards.com. We hope you heard something new and that you will continue to join us to challenge the prevailing thinking about the possibilities for health in everyone. To subscribe to the podcast, visit our website at psychologyhasitbackwards.com. 